We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Let's get into uh, the Wednesday show today. And there's a lot to talk about this first hour. There really is. If uh, if you're a Democrat Party member, uh, your party is in deep, deep kimchi. That's what we used to say in the military. And that means it, it's better than saying doo-doo or caca or, you know, the generic four-letter term for it. You're in deep, 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 deep problems because of what your president is doing and what your Congress is doing. And it was very obvious yesterday when Speaker of the House got up and and stood in front of the press. And let, let me read an answer that Nancy Pelosi gave to the press yesterday. Town Hall asked her whether the, the, the Democrats have failed to effectively persuade the public that a, a massive influx of social spending is necessary. And this is what Pelosi said back. Well, I think you could all do a better job of selling it. To be, be very frank with you, because every time I come here, I go through the list. Medical leave, climate, the issues that are in there. and And so my question is this. Because I have been a member of the media on the side where I'm reporting the news. I've worked for the Chicago Sun. I worked for WMAQ in Chicago. I, I've, I've been on that side of, uh, of the media. Never once was I taught in high school in my journalism classes. In my journalism classes in college was I taught that my job was to sell what the administration was selling. My job was to report on what the administration was trying to sell. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's not only the, the media, but it's also now members of her own party that are questioning whether we need you know, three and a half, four and a half trillion dollars of spending on infrastructure and uh, social infrastructure, especially social infrastructure, because most people, Republicans as well as Democrats, agree that we got to get to work on making sure our highways are kept good and our airports are kept good. Uh, the majority of the money should not be spent on rail. That's BS. That's Biden's baby. 
He likes trains. I bet he's got a big old train set down in the basement of the White House somewhere, and he puts on a conductor's hat, and he gets down in front of his, uh, you know, big Lionel transformer and runs his trains around his set on the, the on the on the tracks. But uh, America has never been a rail country. Europe is, uh, but uh, America is not. But this whole thought of the the Speaker of the House believing, and the reason she believes is because during the time that Obama was in office, they did it. They sold everything Obama came up with. And then they were against everything that Trump came up with. So she's just expecting them to do what they've been doing. And they're not doing it the way they used to do it. And she's upset. Hi, Ken. How are you? Oh, <clears throat> it just never stops. This, I mean, good. this is going to be bad for them in November, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's already bad for them now. I mean, the the reporter that asked that uh, question, you know, CBS did a poll asking about, you know, what Americans knew about the plan in general, and less than 10% knew specifics about uh, their spending plan. And look, that's not the media's job. That is the president's job and his people to get out and present it. You know, it used to be people used to travel all over the country and give speeches and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this president doesn't do that so much. He builds he builds sets and pretends like he's in the White House. Well, and and uh, you know, the the media I, I would like to think that a lot of the reporters have seen how far left uh, how far left of Obama uh, the Democrats have gone. And some of these media people live very fancy, lavish uh, lifestyles. They're very wealthy. What happened to me? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> what happened? Where, how did I miss that you bus? Didn't, you didn't sell your soul. I we'll guess that's that it. Way. I missed the bus on that one. And uh, they're saying the details, and they're saying how it will affect them uh, as as just regular uh, citizens of society and the taxes and what, what they have to pay for, what their children have to pay for. And, uh, I mean, they're smart enough to know, uh, which, is, which is not much to say about our left-wing uh, liberal media, but they're smart enough to know when uh, you know Joe Biden, President Biden, comes out and says this is going to cost zero dollars. That uh, that it's baloney. Yeah, it's a it's a, a win win situation for every dollar spent, we'll make a dollar back. Yeah, I mean you you have you've had uh, liberal pundits you know criticize President Biden, saying hey hey I support your infrastructure plan, I support this spending plan, but it's not costless. You know what they're saying now? They're actually coming on the air and saying. Stop lying. Yep. Stop lying. Mm-hmm. They're not even using disingenuous, okay, yeah. which is the soft word for which, you know, stop lying. F- further in that press conference, uh, a, l- a lady asked uh, um, Speaker Pelosi, hey, well, what would be one of the first provisions you would uh, take out to you know negotiate a comp- compromise? And Pelosi proceeded to laugh at the reporter and say, we don't talk about that stuff in front of reporters. Yeah, so why are you having a press conference? <laughs> you know? Why are you having a press yeah. conference, Travis? So we're, what we're going to go is we're going to go talk to all the, the moderates, and they'll tell us. Yeah. And then you'll say, well, you're not selling our program. 
That's exactly what happens. It's, it's, it's silly. It really is. And, and they're in trouble and they know it. And uh, here's what's going to exacerbate it. When you start Christmas shopping, then they're telling you to do it now because they know how hard it's going to be to get some products uh, to market. When you can't buy, it won't be your wife, you know, as far as she's concerned. It's going to be your kids. When people can't buy their kids the toys they want Mm. for Christmas, when the shelves are empty of those toys because they're sitting on a ship at a port because they can't get it out of the port on the trucks and across America, it's going to be at that point that this administration is going to pay the biggest price. Yeah. Dana Perino talked about yeah. this yesterday. And that's what every, and she's that, exactly yeah. and that's right. with every industry. You know, just talking yes. to Joe and Duck or talking to people that work at LKQ, uh, you know, their their shelves are practically bare. And I've asked them why. And they said, well, our stuff is off the coast on a port somewhere. It's sitting on a boat. Yeah, and then we could <laughs> we could pay for it to get, get here. But he said, they're like, it just costs way too much money. We were rather... Just let it sit there, then pay for it to get all the way across the country. Yeah, let me let me just say, I'm going to warn you right now, Heidi. I'm, I'm warning you. Okay, there's going to be another toilet paper shortage. They're already uh, talking about it. My gosh, another toilet paper shortage. You know, and the toilet paper, Lysol shortage, soap shortage. I'm like, what are y'all? Were y'all not wiping your butts previously? Were y'all not washing your hands previously? Well, the last time we went through the toilet paper shortage, I used up my my uh, a- my antique collection of Sears catalogs. <laughs> uh, I don't have any more Sears catalogs. <laughs> right, I'm just saying, I'm out. I'm out. So we get out of toilet paper. I'm buying toilet paper now in, yeah. this, in the small, like, uh-huh. six-roll things and uh, starting to stash it in my, my uh, closet in my hallway. Don't try to steal it, man. You know, I'd hate to have I you. Usually just, I'd I hate just to put buckshot in your butt because of toilet paper. Just go to Sam's Club, my big big pack couple and, of them. And, and then my thing is what if you do run out of toilet paper do you not shower people at the this overbuying of stuff has always just amazed me and it's quite an quite annoying but they're saying that but you know what you need to do who who is the the, the girl the woman who did girls just want to have fun um, cheryl crow yeah. you know she's the one who who uh, schooled us on you really only need two sheets of toilet paper whenever you go to the bathroom. I don't know about you, but I need more than just yeah, two sheets definitely. of toilet paper. I think most of us do. <laughs> I was, so, I, I w- w- women that? actually use more toilet paper than, than men do. Yeah, well, that's... That's a true. That's a true statement, yeah. I believe. All right, Ken Yang is here, chairman of the Saline County GOP. He's also the chairman of the chairman for the Arkansas GOP. We'll be back with him in just a moment. I want to remind you about Pat Davis. Uh, it's health insurance time. It's on everybody's uh, brain now. Uh, probably on the lizard part of your brain that you want to set it on fire or whatever. But still, you got to have health insurance if you want to take care of your family. So uh, to save yourself some money, call Pat Davis and talk to him about it. Uh, He does it differently. He knows how to do it differently so that you can buy uh, any provider in the nation 
and save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. Uh, Buy it so that if you're self-employed, it's going to be one of the best health insurance policies you've had. And it's actual health insurance. It's not a share plan. And there's no co-pays. Now, you got to love that. I mean, you can save hundreds of dollars a year right off the bat not having to pay co-pays. You know, no, no, don't have to put money up to see your primary physician or go see uh, some specialist that uh, the primary told you you go see the, the specialist. And if there's any excess money left over, it comes to you. It doesn't go to the insurance company or the hospital or, or the uh, urgent care center or whatnot. Talk about Pat, how he does this. And uh, he'll let you in on it, and he'll get you set up for it. That's uh, 501-605-6935. Or visit him online because he's known as the Health Plan Man. He's got a website, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you. All right, so this whole thing about shipping is really going to bite Biden and the Democrats in the butt, and and not just in 22, because this isn't something that's going to clear up in a couple of months. This is going to take some time because Biden and and his people have not been taking care of it. So uh, they're going to – it's going to affect you at Christmas. Let me – Go back to the story I got right here. I'll give you some some background on what you're ex- expected to see here. And uh, yeah, here it is. Okay. White House officials are scrambling, literally, to relieve bottlenecks choking U.S. ports, highways, and railways. And, and that's here in the United States. That's not counting all the ships that are still sitting in China and other countries that aren't leaving port to bring goods and services here to the United States. And they're warning um, Americans they're going to face higher prices. That's not going to make you happy. They're already saying your Thanksgiving meal will be anywhere to 8 to 10% more expensive this year than it was last year. Uh, And empty, empty, not just hard to get, empty shelves for christmas the white house's warning comes as shipping containers remain backlogged at ports on both of the country's coasts recent reports say 65 cargo ships are waiting to dock in the high traffic port of los angeles which by the way is currently full they can't get them emptied additionally eight thousand shipping containers are stuck at the port of savannah have you ever been up close to one of those shipping containers you ever see how big they are you ever see how big one of those ships are that carry the shipping containers are i mean we're talking tens of thousands of pieces of merchandise if not more dana perino yesterday said the biden administration is on the brink of facing a major crisis of confidence it's a nice way of putting it i think amid increasing concerns over supply chain shortages and empty shelves ahead of the holidays nothing says return to normal like a shortage of toilet paper (laughs) that's what we're going to see we're getting into a crisis of confidence danger zone when little jesse jr cannot get his christmas present that's going to be bad and she's right man that's when that's when americans are gonna start 
really taken notice. I just don't understand, even if you're in D.C. and you're a Democrat or you work in the White House, any problem, not just this problem. When there's a problem that arises, you you typically ask the question, well, why is this happening? And uh, and then you answer that question. And just, how do we address it? How do we address it? And so I, it just seems a very simple, well, this is happening because these companies don't want to pay these exorbitant fees and taxes that they are uh, creating, these regulations are creating for the, our shipping and manufacturing industry. And uh, you could solve that real quick. Um, seems like a real quick solve. Well, we heard yesterday from Saki in the day, in the, their daily or weekly, whatever, how many times they do it, uh, press conference. She said something yesterday that sounded awful familiar to me. Remember when President Obama was elected and he said that he was going to fundamentally change America? Yesterday, Saki said that what they're doing uh, with uh, infrastructure and what they're doing about shipping and all these other things is because President Biden wants to, and I quote her, fundamentally change the economy of the United States. He doesn't even know what fundamentally means anymore. <laughs> My goodness. But I'm just saying, yeah. does that sound awful familiar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. I, I got to believe that all they do is they take – they took Obama's playbook, opened it up, and changed all the dates in it to 2021. Yeah, but Obama was a really good politician and salesman. Oh, yeah, Biden, uh, he is too. He likes ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a reason why they have Obama campaigning for in the governor's race in Virginia and not Joe Biden. And let me tell you what. That they've called Obama into Virginia, that tells me that race is razor thin. Yeah. Because everybody thinks it's a blue state. It's not. It's a purple state. Yeah. It's going to be all about turnout. It'll yeah. be about turnout. So if, if, if they, if the, and, and see, stuff like this ain't going to happen. You're going to help McCall no. off either. No. This is, this is the stuff that's, you know, helping us. Hopefully. This is when your national party poisons everything yeah. down to the root. Well, there's so, um, you know, one thing about Republicans and the media and the people, you can't really say uh, we we were ever condescending. Uh, the tone of Saki, the tone of Biden, the tone of Pelosi, when you see them on TV, is all such, of them, all, is such condescension on the American people. And even even if you're liberal, you don't. You don't like that. You don't like. No one likes being told what to do. No one likes being told, "Hey, well, you're you're stupid. You just don't get it." Being talked down to. Yeah. You dumbass. You know. I mean, seriously. Yeah. That's exactly that's what, they're what you're what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Can't you understand? Get with the program. Yeah. This is what we got to go through to get to the the Green New Deal that we want. Are you just stupid? Yeah. Can't you figure it out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how you feel when you listen to yeah. them. And this is the thing, you know, Congressman Hill talked about it last week at a Republican meeting is saying, you know, people expected a, the Joe Joe Biden agenda, but instead what's being pushed through is the Bernie Sanders agenda. Yep. He's made that clear. He yeah. stood up and has said that. Well, the president needs to follow what I've been saying. You yeah. know, no, he doesn't. He yeah. needs to follow 
what his agenda is. That's right. But and then, Bernie but, but, says, no, because I should be president. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you go back to what happened literally overnight during the Democrat primary, where Bernie was about to become the nominee. And my goodness, everyone dropped like flies to rally behind Biden. You wonder what, what there were deals. Trust me. I've sat in those cars where those phone conversations were made right. between presidential candidates and deals that were made. Yeah, because you, you were working the field out there. Yeah. Yeah, I've sat in those cars and go, oh, well, this is how it works. People yeah. offer so much stuff behind behind the scenes. Yeah, we'll be happy to do. We want you to get behind us. And if you get behind us, here's our list of things that will happen in your state. Yeah. If you happen to be happen a governor. In your state, uh, nominate you for secretary or something or whatever. I'll make you, know, you ambassador maybe. to the UK. Ooh, who would want that? Uh, oh, I might like that. I'd like to live over in the UK for a couple of years. I bet you know someone can. <laughs> you know, you you want an island like ambassador to the Bahamas. But actually, someone said you know, Callista Gingrich probably had the best. She was ambassador to the Vatican City. Yeah, I mean, what do you, I mean, seriously, what do you do? I mean, and Speaker Gingrich <laughs> was in Italy all the time. I'm like, my goodness, he has it. He has it good. So, all right, keep that thought. When we come back, Ken Yang and I will continue talking in a moment. All right, I told you we had a huge show about this on Friday. I hope you heard it, about the uh, lawsuit that was decided up in uh, northwest Arkansas dealing with these mask mandates. And the judge ruled that that the school board can't make that decision. That is for the governor and the governor only. And so they now don't have a mask mandate. And I told you that it was going to have a major effect on school systems across Arkansas. Yesterday, Cabot got rid of their mask mandate. It's gone. I mean, it, you, you're, you make up the mind, your mind for your child, and this is the way it should have been, uh, whether they're going to wear a mask to school or not. They dropped their mask mandate, I understand, from some folks in Conway as well. And there's other school systems now that are doing the exact same thing. And, and I heard that Whitehall, and I'm gonna, here's a word of warning to the folks, the, the school superintendent in Whitehall. You're going to try to hold on to that mask mandate, and it has lost in court. You'll be sued, I would expect, within the, in, within the week. And then you're going to waste the taxpayer's money fighting a losing battle and you're going to have to figure out a way of saying that you're getting rid of the mask mandate so that you can save face do it now and get it over with and uh, all the school systems need to get it over with it has been decided i mean uh, was it fox that made the first move in this chess match his is not it only appears, uh, you know, applies to a very small little area, and that's going to crumble as well. Yeah. So keep in mind, mask mandates are going are going to go the way of the dodo bird. And um, I can't remember Greg's last name, the lawyer up there, but he did a fantastic job, and the judge did a fantastic job as well. Yeah, and I think uh, you know the the with also the covid numbers going down you know it really big time big time it really doesn't help us and we knew that district. was going to happen yeah um yet it's it's odd it's, it's odd but you know it's 
it's funny seeing the people still push for mandates, whether it's vaccine mandates or mask mandates or whatever it may be, when the numbers are going down. And it's just like, it's almost as if like they're disappointed that there's not a new strain or the numbers aren't high because, you know, your your push for mandates rings hollow when, uh, you know, the numbers don't match what you're saying. Yeah, let me read what uh, they posted on the Cabot Schools website. It says, uh, Cabot Public Schools is committed to keeping our students and parents informed. That is why we have created and updated our popular frequently asked questions section regarding COVID-19 and quarantine for the 21-22 school year. Please understand... Cabot Public Schools is following the directives guidelines set forth by the Arkansas Department of Health and the Arkansas Department of Education's Division of Elementary and Secondary Education. Of course, if you still have questions that are not answered below, which is the frequently asked questions, uh, there's a, a contact list at the end of this section. And I'm going back here. Here's your updated face covering policy this was published on october 12th that would have been yesterday effective today we will transition our face covering policy to be highly recommended for all pk-12 students and staff we are most appreciative to our parents that have been supportive to our staff that have worked so hard to consistently implement the policy and to our students for their cooperation Although we are making the transition from required to highly recommended. Now, this is where you get into the face-saving part. Uh, The superintendent, in consultation with the school board, may reinstate a face-covering requirement at specific schools based on an increase in positively and or quarantine rates. Even though the decision to wear a mask covering is now optional, we want to make it clear and anyone choosing to continue to wear a face covering may certainly do so. Well, that's so. Look, we could have saved a whole lot of indigestion on this whole thing if we would have just done that from the beginning. It's called freedom in this country. Always, always, always fall on the side of freedom. Always. Well, I mean, the school board in Bentonville is, uh, you said yesterday that they're appealing the judge's decision on the on the mandate. So. Yeah, the Pulaski County Special School Board met on Tuesday, decided to continue a face covering mandate for the next 60 days. The superintendent, Dr. McNulty, made the recommendations which the Board of Education approved. The board will revisit the mask mandate at the December Board of Education meeting set for December 14th. I smell lawsuit. I just, I, I'm just telling you, why waste the money? Yeah. Fort Smith ended, I'm just reading Fort Smith ended their uh, mask mandate. Yeah, course, because they don't want to get sued. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, the, the courts have decided now. It's, you know, I guess. This is the thing. I guess. I guess because I'm saying that I'm now. I'm now a domestic terrorist. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm figuring. It's and that's real. I. I haven't seen Tom Cotton in a long time, Senator Cotton. I'd love to to see him and say, "Did you ever thought that the Patriot Act would be used this way?" 
I I talked to him about that when they were going to pass it, and I said, depending on who's in power, bad things can happen. Yeah. Tom. And uh, and he agreed with that, and he says we just have to be vigilant. And I said, okay, okay. Well, you're you're sitting there now. You got to stop the president of the United States from directing the FBI and the DOJ from persecuting. Just ordinary citizens. I mean, look, the 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 Patriot Act wasn't supposed to make our FBI the Stasi here in the United States. No, no one wants to talk about real solutions, and that's rather real solutions for adults or real solutions for children in regards to keeping them them safe and and not not sick. And I can't remember uh, who I was listening to a few weeks ago, but you know, you're just delving into the CDC and the administration's uh, policies even just on six feet. The six feet was an arbitrary number. Yep. Originally, they had come up with 10 feet. And, the, and then the, the administration, oh, well, no no one's going to, you know, do 10 feet. Stay that far yeah, away from each other. Let's, let's do six feet. So there's no scientific basis behind even six feet. Just like you, we've, you, we've said it time and time again. You've had doctors on here tell, telling us that uh, masks don't work unless you have a— Thank you, Dr. Yamaguchi. That's right. Unless you have a fitted N95. Not just a N95, a fitted N95 yeah. specifically for you. Um, and so, like, it, and Representative Bentley has been on, and she's been at the Capitol yelling and screaming. No one will listen because she wants to, let's talk about therapeutics. Let's she's, talk about medicine. She's a nurse, by the way. Yeah. Let's talk about medicine that we've always had for any other sickness to help prevent it or to help uh lower your symptoms just like when you get the when you get the flu you can go get that pill or whatever uh i can't remember what it's called oh yeah um tamarol yeah yeah something like that yeah and merck uh, uh is coming up with a covid 19 pill uh to to do that it's supposed but, to cut down on you know how badly you yeah, feel just cut down on that that's what monoclonal antibodies were originally for that's why we talk people would talk about uh, uh, ivermectin. People talk about hydroxychloroquine, uh, but no one wants to talk about those things because those things cost what three dollars a a bottle, while the Merck pill is supposed to cost what seven hundred dollars for treatment. Did you see what we uh, while the uh, the legislature was meeting in one of the meetings? They were talking about, I think it was it the test, I think, or maybe maybe it was the shot. The, it had to be test. Yeah, and. They were saying it was going to cost, what was it, $100 per test, and some physician testified in front of mm-hmm. the committee and said, I get them for 7 bucks." Yeah. I mean, think about how much money that is that they're wasting. Well, tests are supposed to be free anyways. Yeah. Just like and I, if, even if you get, get an antibody test, those are supposed to be free uh, too. Uh, but, you know, we'll go back to the science behind the test. Uh, the, the, this test wasn't created for COVID-19. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that, but it's just like, you know, I was really, really sick. I had COVID-19. And the, I, the, the fact that they did two tests on me, they did the, uh, the PCR test. And then they did the, you know, 15-minute test. Yeah. Well, the PCR came back positive, as it should have been. But right. the 15-minute one came back negative. And there was no way I was negative uh, of COVID. But you wonder, we always, we always talk about, when we talk about flu or strep throat or whatnot, false positives. Mm-hmm. 
in this entire year plus, we have not talked anything about false positive COVID-19 tests. It's like if you got a positive test, you stay at home 10, 14 days. Quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. Mask up. Yeah. Go, go get the, the jab gonna, or whatever gonna, you want to call gonna it. We're going to come out and tape your door shut. My goodness. I mean, they have, you know, this might be unpopular, Dave, but I'm going to say it anyways. They have trotted out so many minorities to do their stupid commercials about mm-hmm. the vaccinations. Yeah. That, you're, you're not lying. I'm not going to say anything. Goodness, how, many you just mi- said. how many more minorities can they find to do another state sponsored? Better uh, watch push it, though. You'll be our next John Gruden. Ah. Uh. I'm just saying. We should. They should audit the last ten years of everyone's all thirty-one other coaches' emails and every single person that works at ESPN. No one would have a job. Yeah. Well, here's the question, and and we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about it because it's it's a serious topic. When does what you send personally between you and another person? become the barometer of who you are not what you say in public or you know publicly uh, on your on the emails that you send out and stuff but it's only the personal stuff that really says this is who this person really is now that's not true it's not true It, it it's what your lizard brain really is because when you send out uh look ken could send me a uh, uh, a um, uh, an email or a text, probably a text. You could send me a text and say, "Did you hear what so, who so, what so and so said mm-hmm. at the committee meeting yesterday?" And I text him back, and my lizard brain is still ticked off about what he said, and I call him every name in the book. Yep. All right. But then when somebody would ask me in person. I would basically say I was against what they had said, but I would say it in a much more, you know, civil type way. Right. That's because my frontal cortex yeah. is at work now. So, uh, you know, I'm with you. I, how would you like to have all of your private emails made public? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a person listening right now that there's not something there that you'd be ashamed of. Just know that it's, I just know that that's the case. All right, a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about that because that's changed. It used to be what you posted publicly is what people said. Yeah. The way you treated people, how you treated people in real life was the real you. Now it's if your lizard brain goes crazy in a, in a post, that's the real you. All right, East End Towing, don't forget about them. They will take good care of you, whether you're on the side of the road because your car broke down or you got a flat tire or maybe you don't have the flat tire. Maybe the uh, the boat trailer that you're, t- you're towing behind your car has the flat tire. They will come out and uh, they'll rescue you. They'll take care of you. They'll get you back on the road again. Or if your car has broken down, they'll get you to where you want your car to be at so that it can be fixed, so you can get back on the road again. That's East End Towing. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got all the answers. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. 
8849. Put it in your phone and use it when you need them. East in towing. All right, back with you. Now, am I saying, and I was, we were just talking about that, that private emails have no, you know, uh, reason to be out there? No, that, 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 there, there's reasons for that uh, in criminal courts. Yeah. All right. But in regards to the John Gruden case, yeah. Uh, they were they were they're investigating emails for the Washington football team. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were investigating John Gruden's emails. He just happened to correspond got caught with up. his friends. He just got caught up in it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I think that makes it even worse. But it does. Here's one thing it says. Always be careful about what you send. Well, the the general rule is I, I've told my clients this is general rule is uh, what you put in writing. Uh, would you be okay with it being on the front flap of the newspaper? Yeah, we're on lead story in the evening news. Yeah, if not locally, then I kind of just yeah. downplay newspapers anymore. Yeah. Who, but, who yeah. reads them? Yeah, that's true. But if not, then <laughs> you know, then then you shouldn't send it. Uh, and then that's that's the general rule. And it, it usually, if you have any reservations anyway, you just shouldn't send it. By the way, saying talking about newspapers, it brings up a, a name in my mind to Greenberg. What is our favorite Greenberg doing? Who's been up in Washington D.C. for many years with the Trump I have administration? No idea what Dan is doing. Yeah, I gotta find out. I got yeah. his phone number. I need, I need to get a hold of him and get him on the air. He used to love to come on the show. Yeah, he's See so smart. Back. So, oh, yeah, so he's cerebral. Good. He was one of my teachers at Governor's School when I went to Governor's School. He's a smart cat, man. Yeah. He really, really is. And yeah. I, I, I have to find out what he's up to. Greenberg's good. You know, it's just like Sid Rosenbaum. Sid Rosenbaum. I don't know what happened to him. He was a he was a good Republican. He and I got crossways when he was carrying the the water. What Sid still the director of business and commercial services? I think so. At yeah, the Secretary of State's yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, he and I got sideways when he was state rep, and he carried the water for Governor Huckabee on the no smoking ban. I really got irritated yeah. with him on that because I just thought that was so anti. You know republican to do what the, sure. the governor did i but, wasn't involved then i was still in high school i know you were just starting or something you, it, my show was just starting to tickle your ear <laughs> all right <laughs> they laughed at me and hendrix when i said here in a few years the republicans would take over the state well you had heard it from me or first <laughs> <laughs> i i knew that was coming they couldn't yeah. keep up doing what they were doing in this state and not lose. Yeah. Oh, they laughed. They laughed at me, and uh, I still have some Hendrix friends, and they're they're liberal and Democrats, and they said, oh, we remember you saying that and laughing at you. Yeah, well, now when you look at their bench about who's going to run for offices and stuff, it's like watching that movie that George Clooney did about football when it showed them all sitting on the benches in the old uniforms with mm. the leather helmets. That's what it looks like yeah. over in the Democrat Party. They don't, they, don't have a, they don't have a lot. They don't have anybody. Yeah. How many how many offices and how many years in a row can you can you run Clark Tucker? I'm just asking. Mm. I mean, he's there. He's or Joyce Elliott. Yeah, you can't. Their, that's their two names that they got. Which is why it's important that we go down to the local level and uh, and we got to win success, at the level. Now. Yeah, have success in, in the quorum courts. Have success at the at the county offices and have success at the municipal level and our time is right yeah and i think it's pivotal that we make municipal races partisan 
I wish we would. And I don't understand. I don't understand Republicans that listen to the Municipal League. I don't understand Republicans that are so happy that they got the Distinguished Legislator of the Year Award from the Municipal League. (laughs) I don't understand it. And some of them are my friends. Probably because it opens some doors for fundraising. That's all it does. I had a state rep that told me, said, Ken, if I ever get an award from a municipal league, I'm not running for (laughs) re-election. Because he's like, I know I did something wrong. But like municipal races need to be partisan. That's where where our Democrat friends have gone to is uh, the the mayorships, the judicial races, and the the city council races. Either they're pretending to be Republicans or they've just gone into hiding behind nonpartisan labels. It's just like the Cabot mayor, who is really pro-tax and pro-spend and, and all the rest, I, I was talking to someone who I regard highly and asked, I said, is he a Republican or a Democrat? He says, Dave, what's his policies like? And I said, okay, so he's a Democrat. Yeah. And he says, yeah, he's a Democrat. And, I, and I'm with you. That's why we got to get to Democrats and Republican designators again in those races yeah. as well. and i can hear the people say no 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 it's too partisan it's partisan because what the parties stand for that's right that's why it's, it's a partisan. brand that's exactly right all right french hill is next we're gonna take a break and then ken and i will be back here on the dave ellswick show Let's move into our last hour of a Wednesday show. That means, uh, you know, we won't get on the Southwest jet today to get to D.C., but uh, we'll get up to D.C. and and visit with our congressional representation up there. We'll be talking with, uh, from the 2nd District, uh, French Hill, and from the uh, 4th District, Bruce Westerman, since the signal for my show gets into both of their districts, basically 
more in the hills but in the westermans as well and even more so now that the redistricting is going on as soon as the governor signs the bill and for the map i have all three of them yeah then we can get all yeah i'll have to talk to to crawford to get him on uh in in he still holds a grudge against me because i backed princilla when he she ran oh my goodness that right. was 12 years ago yeah, well that's what i'm saying give it up all right anyway let's talk to uh, congressman hill he is ready to go are you are you standing in the uh, uh the cloak closet right now david was uh one of those days <laughs> yesterday where uh i got out and got on the 750 flight last night and came home after witnessing such a ridiculous exercise by the speaker. So uh, I came home. So I'm speaking to you from beautiful Little Rock. Hey, morning. great. Good to have you back in the in the area. That's super. I'm really happy to hear that. Hey, before we before we get into some of the, the subjects that happened in D.C., let's talk about a couple of things that have happened here in Arkansas that I know that you've been you've been following. What's your thoughts on the maps that they have uh, come up with or, or the maps that they've come up with for redistricting, which is going to break off pe- pieces of Pulaski County and uh, put it in the second district, uh, but they're going to take uh, part of uh, Pulaski County and put it up in the first and down in the fourth district? Well, it's good to be with you and Ken. Uh, you know, look, I'm glad it only happens every 10 years. Uh, <laughs> It's one of those political exercises where not everybody is uh, happy. It's a tough job to rebalance uh, the population every 10 years. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job reflecting the priorities of the districts. I know uh, how tough it was in northwest Arkansas, particularly, to shrink 100,000 people. But you were able to keep Washington and Benton and Madison counties and Fort Smith together. I think that was good. Here in central Arkansas, look, uh, I'm happy to represent any part of central Arkansas, but I want to try to keep it uh, as metropolitan you know, as we can, focused on Saline, Faulkner, and Pulaski County. And so I thought they did a, as good a job as possible uh, politically, where you uh, keep the district as close to it as you can. I had to lose about... Uh, uh, only about 15,000 people, uh, and so their idea of, of splitting Pulaski and adding uh, some additional county around uh, Greer's Ferry, I mean, that's fine with me. There were a bunch of maps that were fine with me, though, so uh, it's all good. Okay, good. I'm glad that you're you're pleased with it. So you think the Republicans did a pretty good job for their first shot? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you only do something once every 150 years, uh, it's, hard, it's hard It's hard to get it uh, perfect. Like I say, look, it's a tough political responsibility and to rebalance that population, particularly when you have big moves like northwest Arkansas. It is a wholly political process, and they have to reach consensus. So I think they did about as well as they could, uh, and we'll see. All right. Well, you know that Judge Fox had – had uh, put an injunction on the governor or the the legislature's uh, law about mask mandates not having any and then last week end of last week we had that lawsuit that went through up in northwest arkansas saying that it's unconstitutional for the uh, school board to pass a mask mandate that that is totally given over to the governor and since that has happened, school boards across the state have been listening, K-12 
Cabot has changed from a mass mandate to, you know, make your let, let your kid wear one or not wear one. Uh, Conway, Fort Smith, and several other big school districts. Are you happy to see that we've moved in that direction? Yeah, I think uh, we need local decisions and we need families and school districts coming together. We need families involved in their children's health care. We need families involved in their children's education. And there's just never one size fits all issue. If you go back and look at, at this kind of exercise in past pandemics, it just ebbed and flowed. It was not a one time, every time, all the time process. It came and went as the as the disease came and went. So I think that's why it needs to be completely a local issue, personally, not have a centralized, one-size-fits-all mandate. Yeah, but now when it's local and you get involved, you're a domestic terrorist. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you did. I mean, I have never seen something – well, God, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I have a a theme here with uh, the Democrats in Washington now that, you know, Alice in Wonderland was – the queen was famous for saying she could believe six impossible things before breakfast. And so that's what this gang does up there. Pelosi is in uh, Biden. They believe six impossible things. So now they believe that parents who speak out, who want to be involved in their kids uh, curriculum at a school district meeting are domestic terrorists. Uh, it's just nuts. Um, but what's like 13,500 school districts in the country. And, Gary uh, uh, Garland just completely uh, overreacted here. I mean, calling the FBI about this? I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, did you see what they want to use? They want to use the Patriot Act, uh, Congressman. That's That was supposed to be against foreign enemies, not against citizens of the United States. Right. Absolutely. The Patriot Act is purely for surveillance of people outside the U.S. who may be, you know, conspiring to attack the U.S. So this is this is ridiculous. But this is a theme of the Biden administration to take attention off their own incompetence on the border at Afghanistan, in the economy with fighting COVID-19 and continuing to talk about, um, you know, other things. And this is just another classic example of it. What do you think about the uh, Speaker of the House yesterday chastising the media for not trying to persuade the media that uh, the Democrats, uh, you know, $3.5 trillion social infrastructure bill is not uh, the end-all, be-all? Well, um, this is a bipartisan comment I'm going to make here. When you start attacking uh, the media, uh, that means you got other problems. And sometimes, I mean, the media is outrageous. It's far left biased. I appreciate it, actually, President Trump holding them to account. But when you're uh, struggling in Congress to pass a bill and you start attacking the press, that's because you don't have the votes. And in the White House yesterday, Saki warned uh, Americans that there's going to be shelves that are going to be empty uh, this Christmas uh, shopping season because they can't get product to market. Now, this is this is a Biden problem. This is a, an administration problem. This is not anybody else's problem. I'm saying 22 is looking awful dismal uh, for the Democratic Party. Well, they keep proposing things that don't help the economy get open, and they don't help people get back to work. And what we are, we're still short. 
people uh, in the workforce from February of 19. We still are our job participation rate, capacity utilization, still down uh, almost a full percentage point. We don't have people back to work, and some of that is because of their attack on the energy industry, their attack on these mandates, the attack on paying people not to work. Um, So if we have worse supply chain struggles that we have just from the pandemic it's because of the biden policies well what you know and i and i'm thinking the the policies especially with the the vaccine mandates and through osha i think they're saying what end of november to have those standards out um i can't imagine that uh helping any of the things that you just listed No, I mean, I talk to people every day who are concerned about losing their job over the mandate. And I talk to employers every day who are struggling to attract workers back to the workplace. And I, I, uh, these two things are really a problem for some of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, and some of anyone who does government contracting, let's say you have a government contract today. It's a fixed price contract for two years doing some project for the National Park Service. You're outdoors, and you've got employees who are critical there, and they don't want to get the uh, shot. So are they going to lose their job? And if you are going to put in a testing regime all week, who's going to pay for that? Do you get extra money in your contract to pay for it, or do you, as the, as the company, eat it uh, because of a new federal mandate in the middle of a fixed-price contract? So that's what's driving business crazy. That's what's driving employees crazy. Uh, And as I've said from the very beginning of this pandemic, we have to learn how to take responsibility, personal responsibility, family responsibility. We have to protect ourselves. Everybody, I'm in favor of the vaccine. I took the vaccine. Everybody in my family from age 22 to age 95 has had uh, the vaccine. Uh, But we also, you know, are smart about uh, protecting our family as well. So that's why I think personal responsibility is so critical here and why uh, you need to let employers and employees work out solutions in their own workplaces under their own work conditions that work for them. And that's why I think it should be not a one-size-fits-all big federal uh, mandate. All right. Let's come back after this break. I'd like to talk to you about what can you as a uh, Republican congressman do to stop the president from trying to, you know, put in these mandates on getting shots and firing, letting companies fire people and things of that nature? Let's talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to take care of your roof for you. They will get up on top of it, look at it, uh, inspect it. Uh, find any leaks that are there that uh, maybe you've seen a little discoloration here or there on your ceilings they'll find them Uh, they can maybe uh, work on those small areas and bring your roof up to 100 percent or perhaps it's just that time when it's time to put a new roof on your home the only way you're going to know is by calling pi roofing give them a call 707-3551 707 3551. Talk to Joel Johnson's crew over there. Here's what I will tell you they won't put anybody on your roof that they haven't tested. By tested, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking tested. Can they put a shingle on the way that they put a shingle on the PI roofing way uh, and 
you're willing to work the PI roofing way uh, as well. They'll take good care of you. It's PI roofing, piroofing.com. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get in talk with uh, Congressman Hill. Uh, Congressman Hill, what can you, as a you know Republican congressman, and your and of course your your partners in crime is what I like to say, uh, and that's not being negative uh, with Westerman and Crawford here in in Arkansas, Womack. Uh, what can you do to stop? the president from trying to get some of these mandates through OSHA and stuff, you know, pushed out there. Can you do anything? Well, first we call attention to uh, each thing that we think is the wrong direction for the country, the wrong policy. We call attention to it. We talk about it on the house floor. We talk to our democratic colleagues who might be inclined to agree with us to try to separate them from the far left that's controlling the Democratic caucus in the House. And that's a very important step, because Nancy Pelosi can only lose four votes uh, on any House floor vote. And she's a master uh, whip to keep people in line on the Democratic side. But sowing doubt there is very important, talking about how voting for $2 trillion in tax increases, $5.5 trillion of Spending, for example, will hurt their constituents and will ruin their chances for reelection in their own district. So those are two critical issues. Then we also write letters and have oversight uh, through the committee process where we bring administration witnesses to the floor and ask them these questions, ask them to justify it in public. So there's a key element. Uh, there to pushing back when you're in the minority. You don't control the House floor. You can't bring things up for a vote uh, without uh, because you don't control that agenda. But you can push back and do publicity to tell rally the American people to oppose policies that Biden's proposing that are wrong for the country. Okay, wrong and, answer. But I that's mean, what you just got to do it every single day. Let me just ask what what can you do for the green? Uh, you know for for the grassroots people that are wanting red meat, what, what can you do for them? Well, I mean, I encourage them to call their uh, – help us put pressure on Democrats to change, the, change what uh, the policies are. Fight back against uh, the IRS uh, proposing to look at every $600 transaction in your uh, account to try to sweep up people in more IRS investigations, push back against the federal mandates. And you do that by calling and writing Democrats. We have resolutions on the floor to do that. And so you just have to fight back. It's a guerrilla effort to get enough support to break their uh, hold on um, the policymaking apparatus. And we've we've de- derailed so far uh, their major spending thrust because we've done exactly that. We've stopped uh, their major spending process for three months now because of, of taking this effort to the American people. And then ultimately, look, people have to rally and change the leadership in the House next fall in 2022. Uh, Republicans have to take back the House in order to have a legislative way to put a stop to this uh, far-left agenda. Do you kind of see this as I do for 22? I'm already starting to see Democrats that are saying they're not going to run for re-election. And typically that happens when they know there's bad, there's a bad moon rising, uh, you know, out there. 
Uh, usually it's about 24, 25 seats that they lose in an off-presidential off, uh, election year. I personally, from the numbers that I've been looking at, could see the Democrats lose 45 and possibly all the way up to 60 seats. That would be a fundamental earthquake in the House. It was, and after President Obama's terrible off-year election in 2010, when uh, Republicans picked up 70 seats, uh, what was accomplished by that? We stopped the growth in uh, domestic discretionary spending. It's been flat between 2011 and 2019 and actually declined in inflationary terms. And it was a major uh, way to cap uh, the direction of spending. What we haven't done is reform the mandatory spending programs like Medicare and uh, Medicaid to the extent where we can lower uh, the growth rate in those programs. But that's the kind of uh, reason that elections have consequences, because Biden having the House, the Senate, and the presidency has just put uh, our far-left agenda in charge of every aspect of federal government. They're using the regulatory system, the budget system, the spending system, and they're making irresponsible, terrible decisions. And that's why it's important for us to take the House back next year. And I'm optimistic that if the election were held today, I think we could take the Senate back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I don't disagree with that at all. And this whole thing of of uh, shipping and everything that's going on. And Dana Perino made a very uh, astute statement yesterday on on Fox News saying when when Jenny and Johnny don't get their Christmas presents, that's when Americans take notice. Well, this whole supply chain issue, you have to it, it's disrupted by the pandemic, no doubt, starting last spring. But it is not back because of mismanagement and not being able to get workers back mm-hmm. uh, is the number one contributor to it. And if you pay people to stay home, you get high lumber prices. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And if you decide to make demonize the oil and gas industry that produces all the power in the world, you're going to get higher gas prices. If you can't lease, you can't build a pipeline, you can't drill. And if people think the the return on their investment is going to be down in the future, they won't drill. And all those things have been at the heart of what Biden's policies are. But we can talk about that in almost every aspect. Well, That's why we've got high prices. Next time you're in town, let's get you in the studio. We'll sit here and talk why high gas prices mean high food prices. You bet. Look right. forward to it. All right. Appreciate you, Congressman. Thank you so much, Congressman French Hill here on the dave ellswick show always good to have him on he he does this every week yeah and if you have a question for him if you'll just you know uh send me an email dave at salemlr.com i yeah. ask him last, answer last week i went through a bunch of questions yeah. that you had asked me to yeah. ask him well you know he spoke at the republican committee meeting uh the other night and you know people had some poignant questions and he answered them all right, we're out of time. Bill O'Reilly's ready to go. We'll be back with more in a moment. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We should be hearing from Bruce Westerman anytime. If you're uh, concerned about uh, the out-of-control government spending, uh, soaring inflation, I, I told you earlier uh, last hour that they're saying right now the cost of a Thanksgiving meal is going to be 10% higher this year than it was last year. Why? Why? because it costs more to raise turkeys because energy prices are up. 
and it, it costs more money to get uh, turkeys to market. And it'd be interesting to see if they can get enough turkeys to market so that it doesn't even drive the price up even more. You got political unrest. You got a rapid decline in the U.S. dollar. All those things are happening, and that causes problems uh, for all of us, and it eats into our nest eggs. And you you don't want that to happen, and you don't want to have 1970s-style inflation destroy your retirement. So what are you to do? Well, learn how silver and gold could help uh, to protect your assets. I'm not saying uh, divest yourself of everything else and put everything in silver and gold. That's not what I'm saying. It's not what David Lucas would say. But you can help balance out your retirement by having some silver and gold in your portfolio. Hmm. Uh, protect your IRA, your 401k, and your hard-earned savings by calling 501-222-3315. David Lucas will work uh, with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. 3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, off to Washington, D.C. We go back again. And uh, just so that Bruce Rustman knows, we did not fly Southwest today. And uh, how are you doing today, Congressman Westerman? Doing well, Dave, and uh, I'm I'm in D.C. and I didn't fly Southwest either. I'm <laughs> out here yesterday, boy, they got a problem right now. Hopefully, they'll get that uh, they'll get that settled. Let's talk about a couple of things I, I talked about with with uh, uh, Congressman uh, French Hill about uh, local one being redistricting. Looks like it's just about done. Uh, your thoughts about what the maps are showing? I guess the governor still has to sign it. Yes, he does. That, and I, I didn't know about it. But, um, I mean, the legislature had a job to do, and they uh, they did their job. I uh, I was in the legislature when the last maps were drawn, but in the minority and didn't really have any, any input in it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm... I'm sad to lose some some areas. I'm losing Madison County and losing uh, about 16,000 people out of Crawford County and another 3,500 out of Sebastian County, even though I've still got some of Sebastian County in the district, or or that's what will be in the new district. Um, But gaining about 64,000 in Russellville, uh, 3,000 or so up in Newton County, and then, you know, between – Adding a little bit in Jefferson and Pulaski, it's going to be about thirty-five, thirty-six thousand new uh, people. So I think when it's all said and done, there will be about a hundred thousand new people. Wow! In the fourth district, that's a lot of new people to have to go out and and uh, communicate yeah. with. And I want to say something real quick about Congressman Westerman. It, you know, throughout this process. I've heard about representation, and I've heard about, you know, it's hard to do this, it's hard to do that. It's only hard if you don't pick up the phone to call uh, your congressman and call these district offices. That's only when it's hard. You can sit at home and complain and fold your hands all you want. I know for a fact that throughout the expansive district of Congressman Western, that if anyone in his district wants or needs any help, you can call his office and they will help you 
110%. So I, I found those comments to, I know I'm not the one that needs to be offended, but I found those comments quite offensive just because I know you personally, Congressman, and I know the great work. I know your staff. I know how hard JD works. I know how hard a lot of the other, how hard Darby works, how hard all the other people works. And you just got to pick up the phone and call these folks, and they will help you. And so with the new people coming into that district, know that Bruce Westerman is there to help you if you need it. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Ken. And that's what, um, you know, I've got phenomenal staff, and I'll, I'll put our uh, constituent services and staff work up against anybody in the in the country. And that's what we, uh, the guiding principles in my office are uh, to abide in love, treat people like you want to be treated, uh, to compete to win because it's a uh, serious job we do. And then we measure our success through how well we serve other people. So, um, and it's not just people in our district. When we're up here, those district lines don't mean nearly as much. And we help people all across the state right. on, on numerous occasions with a lot of different issues. So, uh, yeah, somebody's not getting constituent services it's because they haven't haven't asked for them. You know, one thing I haven't figured out how to do yet is read people's minds. <laughs> You're trying. It would save on your phone bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure would. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the mask mandate changes that have happened in the state uh, over the weekend because of the uh, lawsuit that was up in northwest Arkansas and the judge ruling in favor uh, of the of the people of northwest Arkansas that were against these mask mandates, saying that it was not up to the school board to institute a mask mandate that was reserved to the governor and the judge agreed and now we've seen cabot conway portsmouth and others get rid of their mask mandates as well Uh, are you happy to see it happening this way so that uh, parents are having more say in this i'm definitely happy to see parents having having more say and uh you know the the famous incident with the, the school board. There were two two cartoons in the Democrat Gazette this morning about uh, serving on the school board, and uh, you know parents being being the terrorists anymore. So uh, I think it's extremely important for parents to get involved on the on the local levels. I'm not familiar with the 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 ruling that you're talking about on the mask, but one thing I do know is that uh, more money spent in this country at the local level. Um, when it's all put together than uh, even what the federal government spends, or a lot of the money the federal government doles out gets spent at the local level. So uh, people definitely need to get involved. My uh, first uh, uh, elected office was school board, and uh, it's, a, it's a great place to serve along with uh, city councils and foreign courts and, and all those um, locally elected Positions, but it's also important for people to get involved uh, and go to the meetings and stay on top of what's actually happening. All right, so I know that this bothers you. I know it bothered uh, Congressman Hill and our other congressmen and senators here in the state of uh, Arkansas. But, uh, you know, Merrick Garland came out and using and says that he will use the Patriot Act to go after. What he is saying are domestic terrorists and, you know, average U.S. citizens at school board meetings and, you know, use the FBI. 
Does that chill you, and does it raise your blood pressure a little bit? Oh, it absolutely does, and that's you know what I was talking about about how they're calling these people domestic terrorists that go to school board meetings. And uh, one thing I'm really glad of is that clown didn't get put on the Supreme Court because uh, look what it would be like had he been on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and and you know, clown's a nice word because <laughs> I mean, right. look, the the Patriot Act was put in to protect us from foreign terrorists. It wasn't even supposed to be mentioned when you talked about, you know, U.S. citizens. Exactly. Uh, but we know that it's been been abused. And uh, even back to the, uh, you know, the Steele dossier and all the stuff they tried to do on Trump. That's right. I think there was abuse of the, uh, of the Patriots Act then. Yeah, it's something to keep in mind when uh, it comes up again in the future uh, and and how we're going to rein that in a little bit. Uh, Bruce, we need to take a couple of moments to, to sell some stuff, and then we'll be back and, and get you back on. I want to talk to you about the debt ceiling voting and all of that. And uh, Dana Perino said some stuff yesterday on Fox about – the supply chain that I'd like to talk to you about as well, and Ken wants to talk to you about. We'll do that. You, uh, you know, pour yourself another cup of tea or or coffee, and then well, you could probably hear me walking through the halls. Of yeah, I am. I'm hearing you. You're making your way to office. Yeah, we'll we'll be talking. We'll talk to you further here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, finally, right, yeah, don't forget about the East End Towing folks. They're ready to handle any situation you're in. Let me just nail this down with you about East End Towing. They belong to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They are licensed. They are insured. That means if anything would happen when you're towing your car, your car is protected. And each truck is permitted uh, here in the state of uh, Arkansas. Uh, They know what to do in a private property tow. They know what to do if they got to tow your car and you got a boat hooked up to it or, or you got a camper hooked up to it or whatever. They'll take good care of you, and they'll tell you uh, where they're taking your car, or you tell them where you want your car to be taken. That's just the way that uh, it works. All you have to do is call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849, because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got all the answers. Time. Back with you. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show and joining us and with us, in fact, and walking to it. Have you made it to your office yet, Congressman? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm back. Um, <laughs> should, should not be quite as noisy in the background. Now. That was great. I loved it. I was hoping you'd run into AOC or something. That would have been great. You could put her on the phone. I'd talk to her. Yeah, I could have done that. (laughs) You know, her office is actually just down the hall from mine. You want me to go knock and see she's she's available this morning? Yeah, I don't (laughs) know. That's all right. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to her in the in the future. But uh, I want to talk with you today. Uh, Dana Perino yesterday on Fox News was talking about the supply chain problems that we're having in this country. Now we know that they started because of COVID. And uh, they've been exacerbated, though, by Biden's uh, economic policies uh, that he has put into effect. And uh, Dana Perino said when when basically I'm going to paraphrase her here. When Johnny and Susie don't get their Christmas presents because they weren't on the store shelves, that's when these policies will really start resonating with the American people. 
Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's going to take something like Christmas being disrupted, but uh, those problems are already very evident all across our country. You know, I spent last week in the district on an ag tour traveling around and talking to folks all across my district, and the two main issues I heard were supply chain shortages and labor shortages, and it's it's quite serious. I had a catfish farmer tell me he couldn't get food. He had to go without feeding his catfish for uh, a day or two because the feed mill couldn't get the uh, uh, the additives and everything to make the food to get it to his farm. I had produce farmers tell me they can't get corrugated boxes to uh, put produce in, watermelons and pumpkins and, and things that are being harvested down in South Arkansas right now. They can't get boxes to get them to the market, plus they can't get drivers to uh, to haul the stuff that they need to go. Um had a interesting conversation with a guy that's in a, uh, a supply chain business. He actually supplies uh, all kinds of uh, products to manufacturing and industrial uh, facilities, and he said he's never seen anything like it. I was telling him about the cardboard issue, and he said that Amazon has gone out and bid up the price on corrugated uh paper and he said he's had long-term suppliers that are telling him now they don't they don't have anything for him uh, and he, he actually asked me he said is there any way you can get the national guard to to go uh to the port of los angeles and long beach and get these ships unloaded and i said obviously that's it's out of my jurisdiction it would be gavin newsom that would do that and he said well can the president send the military out there that's how uh, desperate folks are getting. I had the trucking company tell me they bought or ordered 50 new Peterbilt trucks in January this year, and they're only going to get two of them. Uh, you're seeing um, shortages in process, meat processing facilities, and that affects that whole supply chain to the the hatching and the growing. Uh, I think we've only seen the beginning of high uh, food prices and fuel prices and the policies this administration are pushing are making it even worse. Um, I've got a a markup up here in D.C. today, and I know one of the issues the Democrats are going to cry about was this oil spill out in California, and they're going to make it about the evil oil companies. But the real issue is that the ports are so backed up and you got these ships anchoring in places they shouldn't be anchoring, and they're probably foreign ships. And there needs to be accountability, but that comes back again to the Biden administration, to California, to the Los Angeles and Long Beach Port Authorities, who are supposed to be controlling traffic uh, where these ships uh, anchor. And the uh, the bottom line is they can't get the ships in and get them unloaded. So, yeah, I think it'll um, – the average American will probably understand it more when toys aren't on the shelves at Christmas or when you can't get – stuff to your door in the time that you wanted it, but the the real problems are already out there, and they're very prevalent all across the country. Well, some things that are happening right now here in our country, and I mentioned this in the last half hour, because of, you know, higher energy prices, uh, there, of course, that that trickles through the whole economy, and uh, they're already saying the cost of a Thanksgiving dinner is going to be uh, 10% higher this year than it was because it just costs more money to get the turkeys uh, to the stores if they can get the turkeys to the stores. Exactly. And it costs more money to feed those turkeys. It costs more money to grow the feed that feeds those turkeys. It costs more money 
to run the facilities that process these turkeys. So at the end of the day, we pay for it in the cost of our turkey dinner. And, uh, you know, the Biden administration, the leftocrats, they're talking about they're passing all these taxes to own the rich. Well, at the end of the day, it's the consumer that pays the, the cost of these uh, misguided policies. Yeah, because so, it's only a small uh, uh, businesses can look their profit margins in many instances are only uh, a few cents. Now, it adds up to a lot of money if you, you know, move as much, uh, you know, materials as they do. But still, they don't have a lot of room to, to you know, slap room around that. And so it has to be passed on to the consumer. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know, Congressman, you were talking about not only the supply chain shortage, but even with this, you know, if the supplies came in and you talk about stocking the shelves, there's that labor shortage of who's going to stock the shelves, who's going to package these things. And I think you... You know, we talk about the vaccine mandates and OSHA and whatnot. And and if I read correctly, you recently uh, sent a letter to President Biden trying to encourage him to to address those things. Yeah, I had um, uh, federal employees. There were civilian employees. They they weren't in the military. Called me um, last week saying that they got letters that if they didn't take the shot and get vaccinated by the 22nd of November, they were going to be fired from their jobs and to take the shots that were available to them meant they had to take the first shot this week. So, um, you know, they shouldn't, the, the Biden administration shouldn't be telling, making policies that if you're a federal employee and you don't get vaccinated, you're going to lose your job. And trying to push these policies into the public sector are only going to hurt um, that supply chain even more. I've had talked to multiple employers in different segments, and they're estimating I've heard numbers from 10 to 30 percent of their employees will quit the day they tell them they have to take a or have to be vaccinated. So we're already seeing uh, higher uh, or lower job participation rates. We saw dismal uh, job growth. We saw more people quitting their jobs uh, than ever in the past. Uh, there's a real demand for labor, but um, the the policies this administration is pushing out and that are just going to be accentuated with this huge spending bill they're talking about. You know, they voted last night to extend the debt ceiling for up until uh, December. I think it was $458 billion dollars. What does that tell you if it takes $458 billion credit card to get us from now to December? We we might have a problem. But the solution from the Democrats is let's spend more money, let's create more mandatory spending programs. Um, and that's what's driving uh, this deficit is the 75% of the money we spend on mandatory programs that are unfunded. So what's in the Green New Deal bill, the Bernie bill, the reconciliation bill, that's all new social government programs that's going to spend money that we don't have. And that's why the Democrats wanted to do a debt limit suspension, not tell you what the debt limit is going to be, but say the debt limit is suspended until December of 2022. And that's why there's so much opposition against it. Yeah. How, I mean, the old saying goes, it's not a tax problem we got it's a spending problem that we have and we appreciate you joining us today we're out of time congressman we'll talk to you again next wednesday how's that 
Sounds good, Dave. Y'all All have right. a great day. We'll Thank talk you. to you later. Congressman, of course, Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show, District 4 here in the state of Arkansas. Ken Yang also here in the studio for a couple hours. Thank you, Ken, for being in today. Yeah, good to be good back. To have you along with us. Yep. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Joe and Duck on, and I'm hoping to, to have a friend of mine on to talk about this whole thing about making American citizens domestic terrorists because they go to a school board meeting. We'll talk about that even more. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, hey, you got to be careful. The, uh, the Iron Fist, they're taking the velvet glove off. All right. You're going to have to be careful, but we're going to have to fight against it. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here on 1011 FM, The Answer.